Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. We have a group of women here and some men that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the power of God. Not just word, but in power. And I welcome you to join us and let God minister to you out of his word, out of his truth. Amen? Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, grant us a spirit of grace. Grant us a spirit of grace. And I ask this, in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we are going to look at today, we are doing a series called What the, what the Gospel Bought. The Gospel Bought, what it bought for us. And today we're going to look at um, reconciliation, but we're going to look at it a little different. I, I've never seen it, ever heard it taught like this, but I love, I love how God can put this together. If you will go with me to Genesis 3. I'm going to begin in verse 8. And this is Adam and Eve in the garden. And they had just eaten the forbidden fruit. But God told them not to touch. And it says, verse 8. And Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I don't know about you, but I used to have a garden and I never saw God walking in it. But here it says. He walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. So he must have done this before. And I want you to think about this for a second because I can hear the voices now. God is a spirit. He's a spirit. But he has the form. We have his form. So God the spirit has a head. He has two arms and two legs. You know it says that Jesus looks exactly like the father. Exactly like him. One's a spirit and the other is a body. But they look exactly alike. I, I laughed one day. I said, well, how do you tell, tell you two apart? And it was so neat. The Spirit of God said, look at their hands. Look at their hands. Jesus has marks in his hands. Where his nails went. Amen? Now, so it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God. The Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam. And he said, where art thou? And Adam said, um, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. And that's when God said, who told you you were naked? If you look at this verse, there was fellowship between God and Adam. There was close fellowship. If you look in the third chapter of Luke, it says it's, it's, all, the, it's all the begots. You know, Joseph begot so-and-so and Ephraim and, you know, so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. The last one in there. 
Last one in there is, uh, what is it? Seth was the son of Adam. And Adam was the son of God. So who was Adam's father? It was God. Adam had a father. And his name was God. His name was Jehovah. And they walked in the garden together. And then something happened. They had beautiful fellowship together. Eve had fellowship with God. They walked in the garden together. And then they ate of the fruit that God told them not to touch. And they lost that fellowship. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Kicked out. Not only that, God put an angel with a sword at the, at the, the door of the garden so they couldn't get back in. Kicked them out. Now, God, if we look at this, turn with me to Exodus 29. God wants fellowship with his people. He wants fellowship. But Adam messed it up. And they lost that fellowship. If you will turn to Exodus 29, verse 42, let's take a look at this. Because there's a couple things in here that are interesting. It says, this is God talking to Moses. God and Moses had beautiful fellowship. If you ever read in Exodus about how God and Moses walked, they talked mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth. It said that Moses spent 40 days in the very presence of God. 40 days in the presence of God. And as long as he was in the presence of God, he never got hungry and he never got thirsty. Why? That was the life he was spending time with the life, the power of God. You don't need food. He is your food. And I've, I've shared this before. When that anointing is on me to preach the gospel, I'm not hungry. I don't care how, when the last time I was, I ate. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. My body, it's like it takes a rest and the power of God takes over. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Now, verse 42, God's talking to Moses. This should be a continual burnt offering. He's talking about the lamb in the morning and the lamb at night. Uh, Throughout all your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, the tent, the tabernacle, before the Lord, where I will meet you. This is God talking. I will meet you to speak there unto thee. Isn't that beautiful? God saying, I will meet you. And I will meet with the children of Israel. And the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And I will sanctify both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. Do you see there what God's desire is? Do you see in these verses what God's desire is? To dwell among them. 
Why? He's their father. He's their father. He brought them out of the land of Egypt. He had a desire to dwell among them. But if you read about four chapters over, their stiff neck, they got where they would not obey him. And he told Moses, take the tabernacle and get it outside the camp. I can't dwell in the middle of them. He said, if I come down and dwell in the middle of them, I will consume them. In fact, he told them, you go into the land that I promised Abraham. I'll send an angel. I can't go with you. Because I'll consume you. Why? They were stiff-necked. And they would not obey him. So he couldn't dwell among them. Turn with me to Isaiah 59. We read this last week. We are building step by step what happened and where we're to go. Chapter 59 verse 1. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Isn't that amazing? You know, at one point, God's talking to Moses and, and one of the Psalms, and we've read, you know, everybody around here knows what the Psalms are. It says, his hand was shortened because of their unbelief. He couldn't help them because of their unbelief. We want to get rid of the unbelief. It says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your gods. And his sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Do you see why he cannot dwell with us? Do you see why we lost that fellowship? Adam had perfect fellowship with the Father. Perfect fellowship. He was the Son of God. And he lost. He lost that fellowship. And if you notice those verses, the first thing that happened when he lost the fellowship with God was he got afraid. He got afraid. He had never been afraid before. He said, when I heard your voice, I got afraid. You know what rebellion makes you afraid? Fear and rebellion, when you start walking, you'll see they go hand in hand. If you're that afraid, get rid of the rebellion. Now, turn with me to John 17. God's desire is to fellowship with us. His desire is to have that same fellowship with us, the children of Adam, that Adam had. God's desire is that he fellowship with us just like he fellowshiped with Adam before the fall. Now he wants to get it back. And so what does he do? For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. Right? Everybody knows John 3.16. We got t-shirts with John 3.16 on it. 
If only we would believe what we wear. For God so loved the world. We're going to read right here in John 17 what God's intention was to get it back. To get back that same fellowship. I'm not talking about a group, a congregation. I'm talking about the individual. God's desire as you walk with him just like Adam walked. In fact, even more than that. And we're going to see that here. If you will go with me, John 17 verse 1. These words. This is John 17. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. This is the, some of the last things he said before his arrest. And this is an absolute beautiful passage. Oh God, open our ears. Open our eyes so we can see the conversation between you and Jesus. Jesus is talking to the Father. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Jesus is getting ready to lay down his life. Jesus is getting ready to endure some awful, awful suffering and torture. And yet, here, before he goes, before he goes, he's talking to the Father. And he says right here, These words spake Jesus, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. He said, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, that they might know thee. Know thee. Know him. Not just hear about him. Like Job said. I've heard about you. I've, now I know you. Jesus said that they might know thee. You know who he's talking about? You. You. That they might know you. Father, that you might know the Father. Know him. Not just serve him. Know him. What a glorious thing. Adam knew him. Adam knew him face to face until he fell. Knew him face to face. Walked together. Face to face. Fellowshipping together in the garden and the God wants it back he wants it back and Jesus says that right here that they might know thee now I want you to skip down to verse 19 we don't have time to go over this but oh God open their eyes that they can see it mine too verse 19 and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth sanctified set apart to the father Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and that they also may be one in us. You see that? 
What a trio. The Father and Jesus and you. Did you know that that's what God wants? Do you know that's what his desire is? Jesus says it, that they all may be one, Father, uh, that thou art in me and I in thee, and they also may be one in us. One with God. One with God. I'll put this right here. Um, there was a, a time, and I think I shared this last week about Smith Wigglesworth. He had such a relationship with the Father that he would start to worship the Father with other men with him. He would just stand there and worship the Father. And the power of God, the Spirit of God, would come in that room so strong that the other men had to leave. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand it. And, and there was one man that heard about that. I think that happened in Sydney, Australia. And there was one man that heard about it and he said, I'll prove that. I went in a room with him and I'll stay. Do you know what? God gave him that opportunity. And Smith again started standing up just worshiping God. Worshiping the God he knew. That he knew. That he had fellowship with. And he said the more he worshiped, the heavier it got. And the heavier it got, and the stronger it got. And he said, I hung on as long as I could, but if I didn't get out of that room, I was going to die. What's it say? We cannot even, no man can see the face of God and live. And live. If that was available for Smith Wigglesworth, that's available for you and I. That is available for you and I. There is nothing more fun, more beautiful, more glorious than being in the presence of the Father and His Son. There is nothing stronger. There is nothing more powerful than being in the very presence of God. You know, I try to, I, I, I do everything I can to get there every morning. Get in that place where I know there's nothing between him and I. Some mornings are more difficult than others. But you know what? The cats can stay there while I'm there. I, I'm not in there that, you know, I, I'm not where Smith Wigglesworth is. But you know what? The cats like it. The cats like it. Now, I want to... Go to verse 23. Well, let's go back down here. It says, verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them. Jesus in us. Why is he going to the cross? Right here. Father, glorify thy me with the glory I had with you before the world was. But I'm getting ready to go to the cross. I'm going to sanctify myself. Sanctify myself. I'm going to the cross. Why? I and them. I and them. Thou and me. That they may be made perfect in one. Perfect in one. That the world may know that thou hast sent me 
And look at this, and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Why was Jesus going to the cross? Right here. To make us perfect. To fix us. Jesus right here is getting ready to go to the cross. And he's getting ready to get us fixed. To fix us. To get us perfect. And you know what the beautiful thing is? It's only going to take one sacrifice. It's only going to take one sacrifice. One. And he's about to make it. And he's going to make us perfect. Why? So the love that is in Jesus and has loved them as thou hast loved me. If he can get us fixed, if Jesus can accomplish what he's supposed to accomplish on the cross, like I said last week, forgive all our sins. If he can get us perfect, he can have that same fellowship that he had with Adam. With all of us. With all of us. And you know what? He did it. He did it. He did it. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, and if you have Jesus in you, you've been given to him, with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it. Look at these, this verse. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me. May be in them. As I in them. And I in them. Do you know the father wants the same love. He has for Jesus in you. In you. He wants that same love. The Father wants the same love that he has for Jesus in us. In us. In you. In you. He wants the same love he had for Jesus in you. You say, how can that be? What did he say to Moses? He said, I proclaim the name of the Lord, the Lord God. Merciful. Merciful. When we walk with God, we walk with the God of mercy. When we meet with God, we are meeting with the God of mercy. Gracious. When we meet with God, when we go into his presence, he is the God that is gracious. He's gracious. When we go to be in the presence of God, he is long-suffering. Did you know that the God that you are pushing, fighting, praising to get in his presence is long-suffering? 
He's long-suffering. And he's abundant in goodness. Why are we afraid to go to him? If we know he's merciful, if we know he is gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, why are we afraid to get into his presence? He's a father. He's waiting for his children. And he loved us so much to get us back, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. And here Jesus says, I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm getting ready to go to the cross so I can sanctify them. Amen? Go with me to Colossians 1. And you know what? Jesus did it. He did it. He did it. He did it perfectly. He did it beautifully. That body on the cross that was marred more than any man in my heart is the most beautiful picture I have ever seen. That's what I consider love. All right, Colossians 1.20. And having, but let's go in verse 19 because it's talking about Jesus. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. And this is Jesus, what he did. This is what he bought on the cross for you and I. This is what that cross bought you and I. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, having made peace with who? With the Father, with your sin, with my sin. That blood paid for my sin. That blood washed my sin away. That blood took everything, every sin out of the way that was between me and the Father. That blood paid for every sin I have committed that was between me and the Father. The blood paid for it. The blood paid for it. Every sin you have committed that blood paid for. Paid for. The father said the life's in the blood and the wages of sin is death. I have to have blood. Well, Jesus gave it to him. His own. His own. Every sin that was between you and the father that you could, the father could not Fellowship with you, Jesus, paid for. Paid for. If you do not have the blood in your religion, you don't have Jesus. And your sins aren't forgiven. Go get the blood. Read what the Word of God says. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by Jesus... To reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in, or things in earth or things in heaven. And you, and you, and me. Who were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now 
has he reconciled. Yet now has he reconciled. Yet now has he reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death. The sacrifice. To present you holy and unblameable. Really? That's what that body and blood, that's the power of that body and that blood. When you believe it, makes you unblameable. It has already been done, but we have to believe it. We have to walk in it. We have to commit to it. We have to adhere to it. I want you to see that word, present you holy, unblameable, unblameable, unblameable. That's what that sacrifice did, made you unblameable. So quit blaming yourself and believe what Jesus did. And unreprovable. Unreprovable. God sent Jesus to make you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. Why? It says it. Yet now has he reconciled. You realize that that sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice on the cross, fixed, fixed the gulf between you and God. Fixed it. Fixed it. Jesus took out whatever was between you and and the Father, and he fixed that gulf, and we are reconciled. You are reconciled to the Father. You, through the blood and body of Jesus, have been, not will be, have been reconciled to the Father. There is nothing between you and God. Accept your unbelief. There is nothing between you and the Father except your unbelief. You can fix that. You can fix it. God wants the same relationship with you. The same relationship with you. And the same love for you that he had for Adam. And Jesus, the first Adam and the last Adam. He wants that same relationship with you. That's what Jesus showed us in John 17. Go with me. One last verse. 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Who did you get reconciled to? 
Read the verse again. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Not just to Jesus. To the Father. To your Father. To your Father. Reconciled himself. Your Father. My Father. Your Father. Did you know that God is your Father? And did you know being a Gentile, God fixed it, and now he is my God, and your God, and my Father, and your Father, who has reconciled us to himself, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You have been reconciled to God. And I want us to read the next verse. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, Paul, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Be you reconciled. If you're not reconciled this morning, be reconciled now. Be reconciled now. What is between you and God? Get rid of it. Be you reconciled now. That is his desire that the same love he has for Jesus is in you. You know there are some of us that cannot receive the love of God. Father, break that spirit in them now. Break those things down that won't let us be loved by you. Father, break those things right now that won't let us be loved by you. By you. Father, break those things in us. Break them now. Thank you, Father, for the power to break those things down now that won't let us love you and you love us. Father, break those things now in Jesus' name that won't let us be loved by you. Father, Break those things now that won't let us be loved by you. That is not your will. Father, break those things that won't let us be loved by you. Father, Break those things. Oh, we women are full of this. Father, break that rejection. We are no 
longer rejected. Father, break this rejection. Father, break this rejection. Break this rejection that won't let us be loved by you. Break this rejection. We are no longer rejected. We are no longer rejected. We have been received by the Father through Jesus gloriously. Father, break those things. Break those things that won't let us be loved by you, Father. Break them in Jesus' name now with that same power that you raised Jesus from the dead with. Father, break those things. Break that rejection that won't let us be loved by you. We are no longer rejected. Father, break it. Break it. Break that rejection now. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, thank you. You are breaking that rejection. Thank you. You are breaking that rejection now that won't let us love, won't let you love us. Father, I thank you. Break this rejection now. Those things that won't let you love us. Father, I thank you for the power of God now. That you are breaking those things that won't let us love you, love us. Father, I thank you for that power. I thank you for that power now in our hearts. That you break those things that won't let you love us. Father, break them now. Break those walls. Break that rejection. Break that hurt. Father, break it now. That won't let you love us. Father, break down those walls. Break them now. Break them now. Father, I thank you for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Breaking those walls that won't let you love us. Father, break them now. Break them. Break them. Break those walls, those things, that rejection that won't let you love us. Father, break them. Those hurts, that rejection. Father, break them now.
Jesus paid for it so the Father could get to you. He paid for it so the Father could get to you. So he could reconcile you. So he could love you. So he could love you. It was paid for dearly. Father, break down these things that won't let us, won't let you love us. Break them, break them, break them, break them now that won't let you love us. Break them, break them, break them, break them. There is no more rejection from you. Father, break these walls so that you can love us. So you can love us. So you can love us. So you can love us. Break it now in Jesus' name. I break the power of this rejection. I break the power of this rejection. I break the power of this rejection. I break the power of false religion. Father, I break the power now of those things that won't let you love us. Father, I break them now in Jesus' name. Yes, that is God in you. Let go. That is God in you. Let it go. Father, I thank you. Break those things in us. Break them. Break them. Break those things in us. Break them that won't let us be loved by you. That won't let you love us. 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 Break them. Break them. Break them. Break them that won't let you love us. Break them in Jesus' name. Break them. Break them. God is obviously ministering to many, many. I'm going to put this whole thing, except for the prayer in the beginning, up on YouTube and up on Facebook. Get alone. Play the end over and over and get rid of some of that rejection. I wish we had a couple hours we'd get it all. But there is real power there. God, you know, it says, it says in Jeremiah, you've only healed the hurt of my daughter's Slightly. You've only healed the hurt of my daughters slightly. Father, break this rejection now. Break it. Pull it down. Pull it down in Jesus' name. Listen to it again 
and again and get it out. Sometimes you just need to get up. Amen? See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.